0: Today's episode of The Thriller Zone with David Temple is sponsored by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox, The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller. Hello and welcome to The Thriller Zone. I'm your host, David Temple, and we are celebrating November as Women Thriller Writers Month. I was looking for a shorter title, but it kind of worked. And on today's show, N.M. M. DeLuca, a.k.a. Marjorie DeLuca, has written a book called The Night Side*, and we're going to be talking about that. She hails from over the pond. Now she's living north of us in Canada, and she is a delight. So without any further ado, please join me in welcoming Marjorie DeLuca right here on the Thriller Zone.
1: Hi, Marjorie. Hey, David. I'm so- using a new microphone, so I'm hoping it's working
0: um what kind is it
1: it's a solo cast
0: oh she's fancy. on a <laughs> she's on a fancy sexy microphone <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought like- I
1: might be doing a few of these so I invested
0: <laughs> you know what can I just say this for the record for the people who listen to the show now we're in the green room with Marjorie DeLuca by the way but this, this is that little <laughs> preamble that we get going but yeah I wish more people would do what you did which is in fact, what I bet you I bet you didn't spend $200 Did
1: I, I spent more than
0: $200 I bet you didn't spend $500 No Okay the point being uh, the microphone uh is probably the number one most important thing cuz yeah. it's the hardest thing to doctor after the fact yeah. Lighting would be number 2 if I can't see you then why? Why do we mess with television, so to speak?
1: Well, and I bought a light too, a ring light. I,
0: a ring light. I see that oh, you're yes. so fancy. Fancy. All right. Well, first of all, welcome to the Thriller Zone. Now, should I call you Marjorie or M. M. DeLuca?
1: Well, my name is Marjorie, but I write as M. M. DeLuca.
0: All right, so I'm going to call you Marjorie cuz I feel like we're already friends. We've shared so- Yeah, I feel don't like Don't you
1: that.
0: don't you feel like don't we don't yeah. you feel like we've known each other forever?
1: We've swapped pictures.
0: And uh Marjorie, can I just say <laughs> last night I was doing a little extra stalking, I mean, uh, researching on your Instagram? Yeah. And look, I found something that click and I'm gonna I'm gonna flip that picture up in the screen. Does this ring any bells?
1: Yes, <laughs> that is a fabulous place.
0: For those who are not watching but are listening on the podcast, I held up a T-shirt called the Temple Bar out of Dublin, Ireland.
1: Oh, I love that. We would we just came back from that. It's wonderful.
0: Well, the holiday picture that I'm gonna flash up on the screen is worth the price of admission. <laughs> But my sister went to Dublin, she and her partner went to Dublin, and she got me this t-shirt because of, oh, I don't know, the last name? Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. We're going to jump into, oh, you look, you don't have to worry about that thing. That looks good, girlfriend. Yeah. The night side is one of those thrillers that you, you think it's going down this path. Oh, I know what this is. And then it goes (laughs) over here and you're like, oh, oh, I didn't see that coming. But okay, now I know what it is. And then it does this. So... (laughs) It's like a lot twisty.
1: of twisty. I like to write twisty stories.
0: Yeah, I think my new nickname for you is MM M. Twisty DeLuca. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then I'll have to be MMT.
0: MMT. <laughs> along with DT on the TZ.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. I am just full of foolishness today. Now, I know that you're a writer of contemporary and historical suspense. And given I haven't featured much of a historical aspect, one of the, that was one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on the show because of that fact and the fact that we share a uh, mutual friend in Mark Gottlieb at Trident Media Groups.
1: Great guy. Just a really lovely guy. Lovely I, as- I, I'm so happy that uh, I signed with him. He's been so supportive and he's so, such a gentle guy, Yeah, always willing to chat. Even when you get sort of a bit neurotic, he just soothes you and calms you. and It's great.
0: He was on the show recently, and that is lovely is a great word. He is such a lovely guy. He's charming, so easygoing. You have a feeling if somebody ran down the hall saying, Mark, the building's on fire, he'd go, okay, now let's just go down this hall. You know, he would just like, okay, well, let's not panic. Just move on.
1: Yes, and yeah. we writers tend to get a bit kind of uh, nervous about our books when they go out into the world, but he is very calming influence, and yeah. he has your back, which is great.
0: And, you know, his dad has done pretty good in the business, I think.
1: I would say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> By the way, his father uh, basically established Trident Media Group in New yeah, York. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now I do have a couple of questions that I want to talk about before we get, before we really dig into the night side, which we're going to get there. Um, but first of all, let's start with, uh, where you are now, because when you got your start, uh, our neighbor to the north and formerly across the pond, why did you choose Canada say over the States?
1: Well, actually I followed my sister here. I came over, uh, quite a long time ago to be a bridesmaid at her wedding. And, uh, I kind of fell in love with the place. There's so much space here, and I thought I'll get a job. I'll work here for a short time, and then I'll go back. But it never happened. I stayed here.
0: It's Winnipeg, right?
1: Winnipeg. Yeah, it's. Everybody says Winnipeg. What's Winnipeg?
0: <laughs> I I'm a big fan of Canada. I have friends in ta- both uh, Toronto and across the. Uh, way and in, in vancouver and i just i love canadians they're just so nice Thank you. yeah and now th- there is one night there is one interesting thing for my f- fans who uh, have not been to canada they are the most polite people now I, english are, are super polite but ca- canadians are polite they may be furious at you but you wouldn't know it they're too polite
1: <laughs> yes, I was reading that that we are supposed to be very polite. Um I'm not sure <laughs> that that's a bit of a generalization, but we do tend to be a bit more laid back. Yeah. I think. We're pretty chill about things, you know. Eh? A <laughs> <Hey.
0: laughs> You have lost a bit of your accent though. It's not full blown. It's full blown
1: English? No. Yeah. I have kind of a mixed um accent
0: uh you saw on twitter i posted that video that you sent me i love
1: yes thank you for doing that i love that video
0: it's so charming now what was life like uh growing up and it was a uh, northeast england right which is yeah. where that video came from yeah
1: yeah durham city um you know what i think that's what gave me the start of as a writer um we lived in a small lane a country lane just outside of durham city And it was called Creamery Cottages. I know it was crazy. And it was very secluded from everybody. And so I spent quite a lot of time alone and just wandering up and down this little country lane. And there were a lot of characters in the different houses there. There were sort of a few uh, different places I'd kind of wander around and my imagination kind of grew there, I would say. My imagination was really stoked by that place. And so naturally, after that, I used to go on the bus to the library and I read everything. I read, I was the kind of kid that I read The Line, The Witch in the Wardrobe, uh-huh. and I kept going into my mother's wardrobe to see if I could get to Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> and I read Alice Through the Looking Glass, yeah. and I would look at the mirror on the fireplace and I would will it to dissolve so that I could step through. So I think that's where it all began.
0: And that's where some of that influence takes place in the night side.
1: Yes, actually, there are some places in the night side that are kind of modeled on some places in creamery cottages, (laughs) even though it's set in Montana.
0: Well, I would like to do this. I'd like to ask first of all, well, we'll, we'll get to the elevator pitch of the book in just a second, but I want to know what kind of, what do you feel sets you apart from other writers in this genre?
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, cause I never really thought, thought of my books as thrillers, I guess, but I guess thriller is a very wide, um, sort of genre. Mm-hmm. Um, my books are more suspenseful, they deal with a lot of family dynamics, human dynamics, and I think I pay a lot of attention to, I love language and the use of language, and I really get into um, character, and I really get into a setting, because I, I, have, I feel that if you don't develop the world of the story, the reader can't step in. Maybe I have a bit more detail, in my books, um, they're not as plot-driven, I think, as some thrillers.
0: It may not be as plot-driven, but it is so uh, intricately woven with suspense and wonder because it has that literary feel to it. So it's it, the Thank description you. of the yeah the description of the scenes feels more literary. Thank you. Uh, yeah.
1: Some people might say, "Oh, that's a bit slow-moving," but I can't help it. <laughs> I had a. A great writing teacher who uh, always said, "Get the scissors out and snip, snip," <laughs> and I really had to do that because I was using way too much description. So I have to be conscious of that. I've gotten better with time.
0: Okay, now with that in mind, I would love to hear it. I use the phrase elevator pitch because I I was working in Hollywood for so long, so everyone was oh. every they're always talking about you know cut to the chase as fast as you can. So an elevator pitch is basically just the thumbnail sketch of the book. And in this case, of course, we talked about The Night Side. I do that because A, you know it more intimately than I do. And B, I don't want to give anything away, Marjorie, okay?
1: Can I use my cheat sheet?
0: <laughs> Please do, I insist.
1: <laughs> okay, so The Night Side is about Ruby, a successful archaeologist living in England who ran away at 18 to escape her mother, a self-proclaimed medium and psychic scammer, only to be drawn back 20 years later to her childhood home in rural Montana to uncover the shocking truth about a mother she thought she knew.
0: Insert dramatic music here. (laughs) Yeah. That is very well done. Now, if you were going to call up a girlfriend and say, and I'm doing this for funsies, this is off the script, I'm just having fun. Yeah. Your girlfriend will call her Sally. Hey, Marjorie, uh, I'm coming over for some tea or whatever. Uh, love to see you. And you go, oh, yeah, come on over. And she goes, oh, what's that? Your latest book. Well, how would you go? Well, Sally, you know what this book is about? Blank. C- c- i am just love to hear if you saying it too as though it's just a friend of yours.
1: It's about a girl who tries to escape from her manipulative, evil, psychic scammer of a mother. A very twisted one at that.
0: There you go. The first sentence you had, and then that right there. Now, see that right? That's just great yeah, storytelling. A bit
1: there.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no floundering. It's, it's, it's. You know, the thriller zone. We just hang out and shoot the yeah. breeze. Um, Twisted mother daughter relationship. Yeah. Boom. Oh, and by the way, there's paranormal and uh, evil nuances therein. But anyway. Yes. Now, <laughs> Now, I want to take two minutes. I want to dive something because I see it on the wall behind you. Uh, I want to dive a little bit into your catalog. If one were to look, thanks to your website, et cetera, looking back to your beginning with Chasing a Thrill and Doll's Eyes and other short stories, then your foray into sci-fi, a nuanced story. How do you explain that journey? Because that is a a colorful uh, journey of yours.
1: I know. You know what? The thing is, I get easily bored by, um, sticking with the same, uh, genre all the time. So when I started off, I actually started off with young adult sci-fi. I was still teaching at the time. And, uh, we had read, I'd read, uh, The Hunger Games with the kids and they just loved it. It was just sort of a welcome reprieve from all the usual high school, you know, texts. And I thought, wow, that was such a fantastic book. I think I can write something like this, and I have a great premise for it. What if, because what if is always at the center of a sci-fi book. Sure. What if uh, a company could manufacture beings that only aged till the age of 19 and stayed that way forever? And what if they were to siphon off the blood or the plasma or whatever and sell it to all those rich uh, old people on the outside, uh, you know, who need, who needed, uh, who wanted to stay young forever. And it's basically looking at the conflict between if if we found something that could allow us to live forever um, and stop the aging process, it would basically be a conflict between big business, big government, and big crime. And that's how that book was born.
0: Oh, now that's juicy. Yeah. <laughs> Big business, big medicine, and big crime, yeah. Here's the first thing that popped into my mind, uh, Marjorie, is that I wasn't the smartest, the sharpest knife in the drawer, meaning I wasn't always making good choices. So I don't know that I'd pick 19. I'd probably pick somewhere between 28 and 32.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure why I picked 19. It was sort of arbitrary, and I think it was to appeal to the age of the kids that I was writing for.
0: Sure, sure.
1: While I was kind of researching for that, I discovered that a famous poisoner, uh, one of England's first serial poisoners, who was actually tried and hanged in in Durham in 1873, just lived around the corner from my grandmother. And uh, obviously 100 years before. Sure. And uh, <laughs> I started researching her, and that became the book The Savage Instinct. Um,
0: which- I love this book. I love that cover, yeah. but the title too—the Savage Instinct. It's yes. it, it's something that grabs you, and you don't even you don't even care what the story's about yeah. because there's a title that's just a killer title.
1: Yeah, that was a very dark book. In fact, somehow I kind of gravitate towards dark stories. I'm not sure why, but uh,
0: well, first of all, that's just good thrillers, and you know, aren't we kind of taking a pitchfork and a shovel to our subconscious sometimes when we create this darker side?
1: We love it. yeah Yeah, we really like that we like to get into the dark side this begs the question the
0: (laughs) The night side (laughs) more dramatic music please (laughs) when do you think that you were hitting a a particular stride uh, where you knew you had found your niche and 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 I want to know if it was about the time that you hooked up with our mutual friend Mark Gottlieb did was did you find that Stride, or did he recognize something that said, "Ooh, here is your stride. Let's go this way and with more specificity."
1: Well, actually, it was before that because um, I ha- didn't have an agent for a long time. I'd had one before, but then I didn't have an agent for a long time, and I entered this thing called PitMad. Oh yeah, a pitch thing on uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. and one of my books, which became The Secret Sister, was liked by this lovely uh, editor called leodora darlington uh, i signed a contract for two books two contemporary suspense novels the secret sister and the perfect family man i guess mark must have seen um that i was having some success and he called me up and i said is this a joke and i thought this has got to be a scam somebody asking if i if they if i'm looking for representation so I messaged him back and said, is this really you? Are you? And he said, yes, it's me.
0: <laughs> Marjorie, goes, that's that's a dream come true. And only yeah, from one of the biggest sure. agents in <laughs> publishing. <laughs> Folks, this is what I'm talking about. First of all, the book is the night sign. The story is fantastic. You're going to be pulled in and sucked down this dark rabbit hole. But really, kind of the thing that I want to make sure I get here is that Just like Marjorie, sometimes we don't know what's going to hit, what's not, you know, this might hit, this might miss, but somebody somewhere is going to see some little grain of talent and they're going to go, who is she and what does she have? I want that. (laughs) Right? I hope so. Well, you did did so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, still. Yeah, that's right. And still got a ways to go, I guess. What you said on the tweet, I'm not exactly a household name yet, but, uh, You know, I still I just love getting uh, I get still get messages from people who have read the books and saying they love them.
0: And did you notice I put the emphasis on she's not she may not be a household name yet.
1: Yes. Thank you. I was great.
0: Mm -hmm. You have a fan, Marjorie. Thank you. Now, what's that?
1: A a lovely fan. Oh, you're going to make me blush. (laughs)
0: Now, I also want to say one thing. I I I, uh, I credited you and I, I complimented you at the top of the show, uh, either in the green room or right when we started, about the fact that you went out of your way to get a nice microphone, which we're in the world of sound. Podcasting is about sound. So you knew enough to go, I need to get a good microphone. So... I say thank you to that. Cheers to you. Folks, listen to that. Drop a few hundred bucks, get a good microphone. It'll say it, it makes all the difference in the world. But here's number two. You may be one of the very few guests on my show that I can think of. Now, there may be more, but uh, not many that have actually taken the time to link back to my website. I was on your website last night and I saw, Hey, oh. coming up on this show, here's the thriller zone with my new friend David Temple. Here's the link. So thank oh. you for that. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to be very social media savvy.
0: Well, you have, and, you have to be. It's part of the deal. Everybody will tell you what's your yeah. platform and some of that stuff will annoy you as a as a writer. Yeah. But it's so essential. You know, I if know. if you if they don't know, I, I'm on the phone yesterday with an old friend of mine. We're doing a little Zoom call, um, and and we're chatting, and he. he He's known me for 30 years. And he says to me, Hey, David, when are you going to get your show on podcast channels? All I ever get to do is watch it on YouTube. I'm like, what? I'm like, it's on every single podcast channel in the free world. He's like, really? And he checked on it. My point to that is you got to be everywhere, Marjorie, right? If you're not out there banging on the door yourself, Mark's not going to do it. Mark doesn't take care of you and and do your press and your whatever else. He says, hey, we're going to give you a deal then you go do some of the work right
1: yeah you're right and i think most aspiring writers just don't realize they think okay you've got the agent wow that's it but it isn't because then the agent has to send your work out and maybe someone will pick it up and maybe someone won't then okay you get you get a publisher and you think that's it no it wow. isn't it's going to be reviewed you know readers are going to their opinions about it and you have to try and help sell it because it isn't going to sell itself
0: you said it more beautifully i took way too many words to say what you just said which is it so much of the work is in your lap as we start to wrap um we're not co- totally done yet but i want to say uh that you you have struck me as someone because we have uh, communicated via email uh, quite, quite a bit before uh, you were coming on. And I said, you know what? I bet you Marjorie is going to be someone who will get a charge out of my silly little game called Rapid Fire Questions. Have you ever heard oh, me no. <laughs> do this? Number one, paper and pen or keyboard and screen?
1: Oh, keyboard and screen.
0: Number two, and I'm just being silly and I actually dr- drilled down to find out what a crumpet was. I said, tea and crumpets or ale and a food truck?
1: Oh, <laughs> Definitely tea and crumpets, but you have to have cheese with it.
0: Really? And I come to find out that a crumpet is griddle bread. It's it's what I would refer to as like an English muffin, but a little bit more.
1: No, it's kind of a round doughy thing with holes in it. And you so toast it and you put butter on it and the butter seeps through the holes.
0: <laughs> so is it like a waffle?
1: Uh, thicker.
0: Mmm, okay, all right. Well, and the reason I picked that, of course, England and ale and food truck is because I know that the ale uh, festivals and the food trucks are so big in Winnipeg. So I wanted to make it hard for them. Oh, yeah, that's
1: right. Yes, they are.
0: All right, number three, you've just won the lottery. Congratulations.
1: Oh, wow. Thank
0: you. Something my wife and I are always talking about. uh, My husband (laughs) is always dreaming of that. (laughs) So, what is the second thing? that you're gonna do with your huge cash winnings? Because we know the smart people in the audience are probably gonna visit their investors first thing the next morning. But what's the second thing you're gonna do after winning? And we'll just call it a hundred million. What's the second thing you'll do?
1: Probably have a long discussion about how we're gonna split it up with our kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now that's a selfless mother, come on. But I mean, for you, spoil yourself, let's have some fun. Just the very first thing that pops into your head.
1: I'd probably buy a house in England, probably Mm. in Durham.
0: Okay. Yeah. Number four and last you and your hubby get a, can get away for two long weeks to some warm and toasty Island. We're going to pick that because I know, you. I've, again, spending way too much time on your Instagram account. I know that you like that. <laughs> you're going to enjoy three things. One, two, three, three things, all of which you will think ahead and take with you. All right. Now name the one book you're going to take with you. The one playlist you're going to listen to. It can be an iPod. It can be however you want to listen to it. Let's just pretend, okay? And number three, the one beverage that will most likely flow for the entire two weeks. So book, playlist, beverage.
1: I would probably take something by Sarah Waters. Okay. One of my favorite writers, either Affinity or The Little Stranger, which is one of the spookiest books I've read. One of my favorite um, guitar plays is Joe Bonamassa. I'm just oh. crazy about him. One Beverage. You mean alcoholic?
0: Uh, if you enjoy that sort of thing, of <laughs> course. Caesars. <laughs> what?
1: A S- Caesars. You don't have Caesars in the States. What's a Caesar? It's a Bloody Mary, but instead of tomato juice, it's cl- clam clamato juice.
0: <laughs> All right. So let me, let me take a second and break this down. So it's not tomato juice, but it's kind of tomato juice, but with clam juice juice in it
1: yeah it's called clamato juice
0: clamato yeah and vodka i'm assuming
1: yes and tobacco celery sauce, yeah worcester sauce thick of celery
0: Mmm, sounds delicious yeah. do you have a sardine sandwich with that
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. okay enough about that all right As we begin to wrap, and you know this, you've heard my show before, I like to ask all my guests one last question, and it's that one piece of insights, and that being, what is your best piece of writing advice? With a handful, two handful of books to your credit now, and many more in route, what Mm -hmm. do you think? What would you say? Okay, I'm sitting down with a class or a friend who really wants to write. What's that one piece of advice?
1: Yeah, and this is something I used to do with my creative writing classes, I would say to them, you have, if you want to be a writer, first of all, you've got to write. You can have lots of ideas, but you've got to sit down and write. But you also have to develop your writer's eyes and ears and senses. So that can get you into trouble. And I used to actually send them out and say, watch people, watch how they interact, listen to how they speak, um, you know, Really look at everything, but don't just look at the surface, look beyond it. But don't get yourself into trouble because often I'll catch myself watching people interacting in a supermarket. And once or twice, people said, Do you want a picture? What are you looking at? And I'm like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm, a yeah. writer. I'm just kind of taking notes. And I think that's what makes uh, writers kind of stand out.
0: Once again, folks, the book is The Night Side. You can learn more at the website, com. Of course, follow her as I do on both Twitter, X, and Instagram. And boy, once again, this was as equally, if not more, delightful than I had anticipated.
1: That was great. It's, it's a real, can I say, it's a real thrill to be on The Thrillism.
0: <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thank you so much, David. Great meeting you.
0: Your front row seat to the best thrillers. The Thriller Zone. The Thriller Zone has been presented by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller.